and welcome to Forte Catholic Radio. This is your lovable host, Taylor Schroll. It's another great night here in the Red Sea Radio studios. We are recording live on a Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, in the Red Sea Radio studios in College Station, Texas. The college students are back. They are filling the building. And so we are hiding in this little room we call a studio and are prepared to have a great show here here with you today. Um, we are transitioning our producers today. So our our uh, our old and and uh, uh, <laughs> only what I can think of is chunky. Our old <laughs> chunky um, producer. Ever since the show began, Mr. Jake Blazik is here. What's up, Jake? Defend yourself. <laughs> Slightly offended. Slightly offended. It's okay. Uh, you, you don't have to come back next week. I have been here for almost a year, Taylor. It and that's how you year. treat me. It, it is. Now they know. So, but but here's the deal: the, people that listen to the show know how I treat you. That's true. There's been this running joke that I keep revoking your talking privileges on the air. You remember? Correct. This, yes. Right? Okay. What I don't think it's been an extreme joke because what I don't think people understand is that the producer of the show has complete control of the soundboard. So I would revoke Jake's talking privileges. Why didn't I revoke knowing, your privileges? Oh knowing my that at any time, Jake could just mute my microphone. That's and true. I would just be done and actually talking to myself, which is actually what I do most of the time. Live, Tuesdays from 7 to 8, and on your uh, local friendly Forte Catholic podcast. But uh, Jake apparently isn't bright enough to think of that. Not, not really. Not no. really. Good, because if you got kicked off of the air for not talking for 20 minutes after I muted you, then I would get kicked off the air yeah. for muting you. And now we're actually going to kick you off the air. You're never welcome yeah. again. I'm, I'm just kidding. If you ever want to come back uh, during the college break, you're you are more than welcome to. We'll get, I appreciate We'll, we'll get more into you um, in, in the third segment. We're actually going to, instead of revoking your talking privileges, I'm going to interview you. We're going to, all the great people who have not been able to hear you because your talking privileges have been revoked are going to be able to hear your beautiful, beautiful monotone voice. Right. So well, um, I'll, stop, I'll stop talking <laughs> until the third segment then. See you guys right. later. Um, Sam, is our new producer. She she works with me at Ablaze Ministries, and she is uh, not stressed at all right now, so I'm not going to talk to her. But uh, if you liked the bumper music, uh, you can just go ahead and just give her a standing ovation in your car right now. Thanks. Um, in the second segment of today's show, I'm going to be interviewing Father Terry Ehrman from Notre Dame. I'm really excited to talk to him. He has a book out. Uh, that just came out called Man of God, Lessons to Young Men About Life, Sex, Friendship, Vocation, and Loving with the Heart of Christ. We're going to be interviewing about his book, his vocation, and his journey. But I want to start off today's show. Um, number one, I already did it by making fun of Jake one last time. Um, and But I, what I really want to get into is yesterday was a very, very odd day. A special day, but an odd day. Um, there are a lot of weird things happening this week. Uh, the eclipse happened yesterday. So here we are in central Texas, and I was promised one thing, and I received another. I was promised that this was going to be a really cool thing, that it was going to get dark, it was going to get cool, you were going to be able to like go stand outside and see it. I stood outside for like an hour in the middle of the Texas summer heat. I was just like, there is absolutely nothing happening. This is real dumb, and I don't like this. So I posted about this on, on my Facebook, uh, at Taylor Schroll. I posted about it on my, on my uh, Facebook. That's what I just said. I'm, I'm there. I'm Taylor Schroll at everything. Twitter, Instagram, whatever, uh, Tinder. I'm not on Tinder, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me there. And what I did is I, I said, I want to uh, be able to... I'm disappointed. So I want to have some fun with this. And this whole idea for this first segment of the show that I'm about to introduce to you came from a, a Christian comedian by the name of John B. Christ. He's absolutely hilarious, kind of break it into the scene of Christian comedy. And he had a video that I wanted to share with you, but uh, I couldn't find a way to illegally download it, so I didn't. Um, so instead of illegally sharing his video, I'm just going to copy him verbatim, word for word. All credit goes to John B. Chris. Check him out on his Facebook. Absolutely hilarious. But what he was talking about was pastors preparing for their sermons this coming week. 
about the eclipse, how to connect the eclipse, the eclipse to our faith somehow. And I was like, that's something that we like to do on the show. We like to connect things happening in the world to our faith, be able to look at them, test everything, retain what is good, and being able to have this Catholic worldview to be able to look at the world and be like, okay, what is God trying to tell me in this? Is he trying to tell me something? How can I, how can I connect this to my faith somehow? So this is how he did it in a much funnier way than I'm about to. But he said, solar eclipse, some of you are focused on the S-U-N when you need to be focused on the S-O-N. I was like, oh, okay. His next one, he said, uh, uh, a lot of you know everything about the solar eclipse, but some of y'all need to start praising him with your soul and lips. And I was like, okay, that's not your best work, John, but let's keep going. Uh, he says, the moon moves in to create darkness. So let me ask you this right now. What are the moons in your life? What are the moons in your life creating darkness in your souls? Like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. This is a lot of fun. And then he says, oh, there's a sun, moon, and earth eclipse. Some of y'all need a heart, mind, and soul er eclipse, okay? And then if he finished with a good closing joke, every 17 to 18 years is about um, how often a solar eclipse happens. It's also about how often I see you people in church. So, so I, I had this great idea. To post on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, nobody responded to me on Twitter, but whatever. There was a ton of people that responded on Facebook, and it was a lot of fun. What I did was I said, how can you guys connect this to the show? And I said, I'm, I, I'll take the five best answers, and I'll share them on the show. So for all of you guys who have listened to the show for a while, I haven't done a Forte 5 segment in quite a while. So here in just a moment, we're going to do a Forte 5 segment counting down the five best answers from you guys, the listeners, the five best ways that you could come up with connecting the eclipse to our faith. Let's go. All right, coming in at number five. Number five comes from my newest Facebook friend, Miss Debbie Landry. She's the mother of Rebecca Landry, who I work with, who has been on the show before. She helped a lot with the, uh, the bracket, the Ministry Madness bracket, and she'll be on soon uh, again as well. But uh, we're focusing on Mama right now. She says, no matter how much darkness there is in our lives, nothing can hide the light of Christ who is always surrounding us with his love. I was like, oh, that's 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 nice. I like that. So and no matter what kind of darkness you have in your life, it's just temporary. Just like the, the solar eclipse lasted a good, you know, three seconds yesterday. Sometimes the darkness in your life may seem like a big deal, but it'll all fade and the light will come back, right? All right. Number four comes in from Miss Laura Dorosky, one of my friends up from when I was in grad school up in the good state of Ohio. She says, sometimes I think God likes to do something dramatic like this eclipse so that we will literally look up and remember that the universe is a lot bigger than us and we're not in charge. Darkness is always temporary and the light is still shining somewhere, even in the midst of darkness. And I was like, okay, just like nighttime, right? <laughs> there's, there's the sun that comes up and then, the, and then it goes away and then the moon's there. That happens every day, which is why I don't understand why the eclipse was such a big deal yesterday. But whatever, right? Um, I think it was just really to confuse children and animals. It's nighttime. I'm not tired, right? <laughs> All right, back, back, back to this. So I like what she says, though, because sometimes we do need to just stop and look up. Um, the eclipse doesn't happen all the time, but one of my favorite things to do is just being out in the middle of nowhere and looking up and seeing the stars. And I just have these moments where I'm like, God, you are so big. And for the, the very brief moments in my life, I don't have this sense of pride that I carry around all the time. Because I'm standing out in the middle of this random field, and I look up and I see millions of stars. And I'm like, well, I'm not that important, I guess. And I think sometimes we need those reminders that God is big and that he knows what he's doing. Coming in at number three is a, a grad school classmate of mine, Mr. Bryant Mowry. He had a bunch of, a bunch of uh, submissions, but his first one was the best. He said, the sun has a diameter of 80, and uh, I'll see if I can number, 864,575.5 miles. The moon has a diameter of two, about 2,000 miles. So 
in general, 860,000 to 2,000. Let's just round down a little bit. So the sun is a whole 400 times wider than the moon. This big, massive ball of, of fire and of power and of heat. It's always there. But the moon was a little bit closer to us, right? So something about how uh, something so small can get in the way of something so big because of our perspective, right? I mean, like the the sun wasn't blocked on Mars yesterday. The sun the sun was still there; it didn't go away. It was just blocked from our vision because of our perspective. Even other places in the world didn't didn't uh, experience the eclipse because it was just our it was just here in in, in America in the American. Uh, sky. Let's go with that. So one of the, sometimes there are things in your life that may seem like a big deal, like there's just darkness and everything's going bad. And, I th- and sometimes it might just be because of our perspective. We're able to relook at it and say, okay, actually, this, this might not be the greatest thing, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Because I was thinking about this with the eclipse. How did people view eclipses like thousands of years ago? Like, they must have just thought the world was ending, right? It's the middle of the day. They're out, you know, uh, growing corn or whatever people used to do back in the day for fun. And and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the day, it just gets dark and the sun goes away. Like, you'd just be extremely scared. But it didn't do anything wrong for us, right? So I think that's, it, there can be some similarities there uh, with, with our life and how we view the world. So thanks, Brian. Um, our second, our, our, our number two in our Forte 5 here for best submissions on how to connect the eclipse to our faith. Brian Baudois, who's a, who's a, who uh, listens to the show, became a he's a very um, very faithful listener of the show. He now works with us over at Blaze Ministries. So shout out to you, Brian. Uh, you got on the show. Uh, his first submission was real dumb, and I didn't include it. But his second one starts, but for real, though, because he knows his first one was bad. He says, you can make an analogy talking about how we we can't really see God without the light of faith. Many people can hear and see about Jesus, but react very differently to it. So somebody who grows up in church can hear Jesus and his teachings and react one way. And somebody who's an atheist or a Muslim can hear that same words, those same words and react very differently. Uh, So for those of us who have faith and whose hearts are ready... What we see is beautiful. When we come and we hear the teachings of Jesus, we see that they are beautiful. But for others who are not equipped to see, for those who don't have eclipse glasses, I see what you did there, Brian. The same image is, is can be very offensive, and you can even say it burns, just like my corneas were burned yesterday because I'm an idiot and I looked at the sun. Uh, and, and Brian also says, I think C.S. Lewis made a comment in the book um, in the same light that illuminates heaven, the same thing that illuminates heaven torches those in hell. He also says you might want to double check that. And I'm a good radio show host, so I didn't. Uh, he also he, he closes out by saying pretty much anything in the line of the beatific vision. And then he kind of drones off from there. So I think his best point was what I already said there at the beginning. So thanks, Brian. for uh, I actually really, really liked that one. And coming in at number one, the youngest person to submit actually won the whole thing. So congratulations to Michael Lonis. I was Michael's youth minister. Uh, back in my hometown of Lake Jackson, and now he's off to college up in Ohio as well. Here's what he says. In life, we all have our dark moments of anxiety or stress or things that seem so helpless. One minute, the world is bright and happy, and the next, completely dark. And during those dark times, it can be especially hard to see God and his beauty. He's still there, shining his light so brightly to, to, that we can't even fathom it, right? Like Just like yesterday, the sun was still just as hot, just as powerful as it is on any other day. We just couldn't see it for that brief amount of time. So after the darkness, the first light appears and the eclipse begins to fade, right? So we can have these, these times in our life where things are dark and then we just see the light and there is some hope on the horizon, right? He continues, he said, that God is there loving us through the ups and downs even until our death. He dearly loves us and always have a plan, even when we can't understand it, right? And I, I had no idea anything about this solar eclipse yesterday. I had to, like, go seek answers to try to understand it. And I was told 17,000 times not look at it. So I looked at it with glasses. I'm an idiot. Um, and uh, I took a really stupid, like, selfie where, like, I, I, the eclipse kind of sucked in Texas. So I took a selfie. You can check it out on Instagram. I look like an idiot. Uh, <laughs> but Michael continues... 
uh, and closes. He says, uh, God is do is always doing as much as he can for the greater good. Um, so in those dark moments where we may not feel God, it is important to thank him for all he's done and all the good to come. So, Michael, thank you for that. And that wraps up our Forte 5 segment. Thank you guys for all of your submissions. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, w- w- Jake. I'm just going to go ahead and ask you to give you some talking privileges. Did you like my order? Did you have a favorite one out of those five? Um, I don't remember them. <laughs> That's they Jake, just happened. Our wonderful producer who never listened to the show. I was listening. Sam, I've got I've got a question for remember. you. Sam, were were you paying attention at mass on Sunday? Yes. Uh, you got to talk into that yes. mic there, Sam. Okay. Uh, do you remember what the gospel was on Sunday? Put the microphone in your in your face, Sam. I'm so far away. You, um, the gospel. Where was I at? Probably at church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to even remember what mass I went to. Oh, I went to 5:30 mass. Okay. And it was right before youth night. That's not oh. what I. That's not what I asked. Okay, so you were really busy. I was so I'll, busy. <laughs> I'll let you off the hook. Thank you. It was it was about the the Canaanite woman. Who, co- yeah! who comes up to Jesus, right? So, okay, yes! now you remember. So, tell the story. You got like a minute. No, I don't want to tell. The okay, you don't. This is fine. Sam's really stressed out. This is uh, tremendous radio. So, <laughs> so the readings this week, I, I'm in a men's Bible study. We read them last week before before Sunday. And it's about the the scraps. This, this woman comes. She wants her baby, to, her child to be healed. And Jesus seems to come off kind of rude to her. He's like, I'm not here. F- I'm not here for you. I'm here for the ch- the people of Israel. And she continues to persist. And it's a beautiful story about persistence. But I've still been struggling. And I, and maybe you were at mass and you were like, well, I don't know why Jesus kind of s- is talking like that either. And I guess the point that I want to make is is that sometimes we have questions about our faith. I am I'm still seeking an answer for why Jesus reacted the way he did in last Sunday's readings. And maybe some of you have the same question. You're like, oh yeah, that reading was kind of odd. Um, but when we have questions, just like we had questions about the solar eclipse, seek answers, find ways to, to, to get good answers by listening to Catholic radio, um, by looking it up online, find out how you can get answers to some of these things that may not make any sense. So, uh, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with father Terry, uh, from Notre Dame about his book about spiritual direction. So stay tuned right here on Red Sea Radio with Taylor Schroll on Forte Capital. All right, welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am your host, Taylor Schroll. We are having a, a good evening tonight. We talked about the eclipse in the first segment. And now I'm, I'm joined by a wonderful guest um, who, who has written a book called Man of God, Lessons to Young Men About Life, Sex, Friendship, Vocation, and Loving with the Heart of Christ. Uh, the author is Father Terry Ehrman. Father Terry, how are you doing on this beautiful evening? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day up here in South Bend. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I've always wanted to make my, make my way up there. Haven't done it yet, but uh, whenever whenever I finally do, I'll uh, I'll give you a call. Maybe we can uh, grab yeah, a drink or something. <laughs> so why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? Who are you? What do you do? Why'd you write this book? So I'm Father Terry Ehrman. I'm a Holy Cross priest, which is the community of, of priests and brothers that founded the University of Notre Dame 175 years ago this year. We're celebrating a big anniversary. Oh, congratulations. And was thanks. I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, and always, I guess from the time I was eight years old, had a call to, to be a religious or to be a priest and always had a great love of the natural world and biology in particular and thought that I would uh, teach, be a college professor and teach biology. And and my pathway to God, right, there's this call that I had when I was, when I was eight, had this great love of the natural world. And Holy Cross, we have several universities and colleges in, in the United States. We have St. Edwards University down in Austin, Texas. Oh, no way. I had and no idea it was the same connection. I, I, went to, I went to school not too far from there. All right, so at, at uh, Incarnate Word? Yeah, I, I sure did. Yeah. And so the same priest that founded Notre Dame, Father Edward Soren, founded St. Edwards University. So there's a connection there. 
That's um, awesome. And I I had started as a after I'd been ordained, I had I'd started I have a so I was a biology major at Notre Dame. I came here as an undergraduate. And then I went to Virginia Tech and got a master's in aquatic ecology. I don't even know I what that means. So I studied small streams, small mountain streams. So aquatic ecology is the ecology of freshwater oh, wow. systems, lakes and streams. Learn something new every day. So I, I, I did that and went, studied in beautiful places, the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, the Glacier National Park, beautiful places to study mountain streams. Returned to the seminary here at Notre Dame. I uh, was ordained in 2000, which makes the math easy for anniversaries. <laughs> and always thought that I would teach biology at one of our schools. And so I had started a PhD program in entomology. I was going to name new species of insects from the tropics. I was about to say, it's another uh, like, another word I don't even know what it means. So you're, you're way oh, smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah, entomology, entomology is the study of insects. So I was going to name new species of insects from the tropics, but I left all that glory behind to become a theologian. <laughs> so I went to Catholic U and in Washington, D.C. and got a, a doctorate in, in theology. And it's when I was at Catholic U that I wrote this book. So at the time when I was working on my doctorate on the side, I, I, I wrote this thing, or some version of it that's been edited down since then. Um, so my interest has always been a biological one and an anthropological one. Who are we as a human person, as a creature? What's our relationship to God, the creator? And as a creature, then, what's our relationship to to oneself, to other humans, and then to the natural world. And so this book fits in the dimension of how do we relate to one another as male and female, and then with that, how do we relate to God, right, as, as the one who we worship and adore and, and live a moral life. And the rest of what I do here at Notre Dame is I'm the assistant director for the Center for Theology, Science, and Human Flourishing. And I teach a class that starts tomorrow uh, called Science, Theology, and Creation. And so that fills in some of those other areas that I'm interested in. But it's all comes out of one central um, interest of that, what's called theological anthropology. Who is the human person in relationship to God? So that's the, that's who I am and what I like to do. And, and part of that then is, is writing this book. Um, yeah, that, that's great. And then one, one of the things that I absolutely love about the church is that God has given us all so many different gifts and talents. He's given us all so many different uh, passions. And like, I know nothing about anything that you've studied. I know nothing about biology. I know nothing about insects other than that they scare my producer to death. And, and, <laughs> and, and so it's just amazing that God can, can, can use, you know, can bring people like us together who have different gifts and talents and that you can share something with, with our audience today that I most definitely couldn't. So the description of your book, it says that, that what this book is, is Holy Spiritual Direction for all men who want to master themselves and be transformed from within it's firm and loving guidance to help you reject the world and choose the kingdom so what do you mean when you say that you want a man to be, you want to help man be able to master himself so i look at the world around me and it's not as it was when i was growing up years ago and i think part of that is that we have this corrupted sense of what freedom is. That freedom in the modern world, right, the last century or decades in particular, is that we can do whatever we want to do. Right? It's the commercials that you'll see, I don't know if they're still around, obey your thirst, just do it. Right? These are things that that don't take into account any reality of truth. It's just doing whatever you want. And that's a false sense of freedom. There's an indifference to whether it's right or wrong and who you're going to become when you do it. The church's understanding of freedom is that you choose the good. So I always love to quote a friend of mine, Ken Hellenius, who summarizes Catholic moral teaching into this phrase, that to choose the right and do the good with quickness, ease, and joy. And so I think an image of that is driving. You can drive in the median strip, you can drive on the shoulder of the road, but if you drive between those white lines, your car is going to do a lot better. But the white lines are not an obstacle to your freedom. They actually enhance your freedom. So the moral law is like that, those white lines. And so this self-mastery, right, it's, it's a training in human freedom. It's having a vision and a knowledge of what is the right thing to do. 
and then how do I get there? And that's going to involve, right, it's, as the catechism says, self-mastery is a long and exacting work. It, it requires discipline. It requires, there's, there's a lot of ways not to be good at baseball. I know all of those. <laughs> <laughs> right? But if you're, whether it's, whether it's, you're a musician, I think. So if it's, right, there's a lot of ways not to play the piano well or not to play a saxophone well. Right. But when you take the time and the effort to learn how to finger a saxophone or, or a piano or uh, if you're a wind instrument, or your breathing techniques, right, all that stuff takes effort and suffering and discipline to do it. But who's the freer person? The nine-year-old who comes and just bangs on the piano, hitting any key he wants, <laughs> or the maestro that comes up and plays beautifully? Right? It's, it's, that's the free person. It's definitely not and the I parent of that nine-year-old. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and that's what this book is about. It's how to be this beautiful uh, person, right? As with with our lives, how do we make of our lives a gift, a return gift to God for what He's given us? And it, it's and it's it's not going to come about by if we just do whatever pops into our our head or our heart or or our loins, right? These desires that we might have that are, um, but how do we direct them to the good that's given us by God that we're made in His image and likeness? Um, so I think that's in terms of what self mastery is. It's one of the it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that Saint Paul talks about in Galatians chapter five. Right? It's the final one, self. Uh, self-control, right? There's a sense of being a master of the self, being just as one masters a sport or, or a musical instrument, a talent, right? We do that with our own life. And so that's, we're making a, um, a gift of ourselves back to God. That's beautiful. I love your connection to, to, to sports and to, uh, playing, playing an instrument, because I think I was an athlete, uh, all growing up and I can remember how much like pain and, and, and hurt that I went through in training. But when I finally like got there, I was able to be an athlete in college. Like I was like, all that hard work paid off and brought me so much joy. It's the same thing with music. We put in all this time and you're playing guitar and your fingers hurt when you're first learning. And then you're able yeah. to play the guitar and, and, and bring joy to people or, or lead people in prayer and these kinds of things. And it brings so much joy and, and that freedom that you're talking about. I, I, I had never really made that connection between joy, freedom, and self-mastery. So thanks for sharing that. Um, so one of the things, that, uh, the, the um, parts of your book that you talk about is vocations. And we've talked about vocations uh, quite a bit on the show recently, actually, way back on episode 24. Uh, we kind of started off like, what is a vocation? Uh, what are the different vocations? Um, on in episode 33, Joel Stepanek came on and talked about discernment. And then a couple of episodes ago, we had a seminarian come on, share his vocation story. And I, I know that you, you wrote this book. And one of the big aspects that, uh, that this book has is this idea of spiritual direction or spiritual counsel. So why don't you explain like how the book is written? And, and, and then we'll, we'll dive into this topic of spiritual direction. So this book is written as emails from a priest to a young college grad whom he had had in his course at the college where uh, this young man is called Joseph, where Joseph had gone to school. And he wants to continue this relationship with the priest, but to have spiritual direction from a distance. And so these, these, this book is our, our emails that the priest has. He's responding with spiritual guidance, spiritual direction for, for Joseph over the course of, of a year, a little bit longer, but it's, it's 12 months at the core and each month, there's a different feast day. It follows the liturgical calendar. And so there's a different feast day that's been picked that becomes the theme for the content of what that letter is about. So it starts with the Sacred Hearts in June, and it ends with Pentecost in May. And in between, there's saints from St. Augustine, whose feast day is, is coming up soon, and, uh, to St. John Damascene, to St. Joseph, to St. Catherine of Siena. So there's there's just an implicit, explicit context contact with the lives of the saints, the communion of the saints, and how they form us, and how we're formed by the liturgy of the church with its liturgical calendar. And so the reader is listening in to this spiritual direction that's going on. It's it's a it's a proxy for spiritual direction, if you will. Yeah, so what, like I know that I've had spiritual direction. I've heard of it before. I actually didn't hear about it until I went to grad school. So it may not be something that uh, the listeners are familiar with. 
So what is spiritual direction? What's the point of it? Yeah, so I never, I wasn't aware of spiritual direction either until I got to the seminary. And so spiritual direction is, in some ways, it goes back to this uh, self-mastery in a sense, right? It's, it's, it's what are you, it's being directed to Christ. So now just to back up, I think the, the spiritual director is the Holy Spirit, right? He's the one who leads us into all truth. And so to have a spiritual director is to have someone who will accompany you along your journey of faith as a disciple, which just means a learner in Latin. To be a disciple is to learn. You're learning how to follow Christ. And so it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing relationship, and that's one way how it differs, I think, from just going to a priest and asking for advice, right? It's an ongoing relationship. It's, there's regular contact um, in a very specific setting. And it's I think one gets out of spiritual direction what one brings to it, right? So one has to examine oneself. How does, so the spiritual director will, will accompany the person. How, do, how does one pray? What's one's relationship with, with God, with Jesus Christ? I remember one of my spiritual directors when I was in grad school, he was a Carmelite priest, and he would ask me every time we met, he'd always ask this question first, how's your friendship with Jesus? <laughs> and I think that in some ways encapsulates what spiritual direction is about. It's, it's how are you developing your friendship with Jesus? So it's through prayer, it's through what are your, what are your weaknesses, what are your vices, what are the virtues uh, you need to work on, what are your, how are your relationships Relationships with God, relationship with yourself, relationship with family and friends and colleagues at work or f- for fellow students. Um, so it looks at it looks at one's whole life and is seeing how is God active in it. How are you responding to who God is calling you to be? Um, you know, it's one of the in one of the Vatican II documents, uh, the one on priesthood. It talks about the priest is responsible for the full development of each person's vocation. Right. So it's. Um, Right, is how is there's this call that's coming from God, but how do we how do we respond to it? How do we have the ears to hear it? That this good shepherd is calling to us amid the din of the uh, the din of the culture, and how can we hear his voice and respond to it? Yeah, so uh, maybe something that might help is you, you said that you had the spiritual director. I love that that question that he asked you. Um, so what would be the the overall point of spiritual direction somebody might be out there listening today um how is spiritual direction helpful especially in in discerning a vocation and in becoming a man who can love with the heart of christ i think it's um i mean i think fundamentally our life is about love and so spiritual direction is about how do you how do we grow in holiness how do we grow in our how do we live out the two great commandments of Christ how do I love God with all my heart soul strength and mind and how do I love my neighbors myself and I haven't met anybody including myself who does those really 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 well uh, we we have fits and starts at it and here's a way that you open yourself up to someone whom you trust a spiritual director that you're going to entrust yourself to to, to reveal like here's my heart and here's what's going on in it and I want it to be the heart of Christ right? because Christ came and he engaged people heart to heart, eye to eye, right? He, he, he looked into your heart. And when you looked into his eyes, right? I imagine the, the amazing bliss that was there, or, you know, if you're turning away from Christ, right? The, the, uh, right. The negative side of, I, I need to convert. I need to be changed. Right. The first words of his out of Jesus's mouth in the gospels in the gospel of Mark is repent. The kingdom of God is close at hand. So I think spiritual direction is also that, right. It's I'm on the path, but yet you know, I have faith, but I lack faith. And it's, so I think it's how do we grow in that, that relationship of love and of, of faith, and the spiritual director helps one do that, whether one is called to be a priest, a religious, a single person, a married person. But it's all about being holy and being a man of God or a woman of God. Yeah, as you, as you were sharing, I was thinking back to um, to the sports analogy that you were sharing earlier, and I was thinking back, oh, like this is like what coaches do for athletes. They, they're able to help look at somebody and say like, oh, this is what you need to do better. This is, you can't see this mistake that you're making. I can help you and guide you and I can encourage you to continue to grow. Uh, So uh, the book is called uh, A Man of God, Lessons to Young Men About Life, Sex, Friendship, Vocation, 
and loving with the heart of Christ by Father Terry Ehrman. Uh, Father Terry, I want to thank you for, for coming on and joining us today. Um, you can find his book on the Catholic Answer Store. If you Google Catholic Answer Store, Father Terry, you'll find it. So, Father, uh, bring us home. What's the one big thing in, the last, in our last 20 seconds together, big thing that you want to share from the book t- to leave us with? I think it's that, um, that's a good question. What's one thing in 20 seconds? Um, I think it's a hopeful book about people who can be caught into a life of, of lust and pornography and, and that it's, it's always that every saint has a, has a past and every sinner has a future. And with Christ, he makes all things new. And so it's, how do we, uh, how do we become this beautiful gift back to God and that we, we have our, we want to give our best to him and we can only do it through his help and through his spirit. Well, Father Terry, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Guys, we will be right back for our final segment of Forte Catholic for the evening. Catholic for today. I want to thank Father Terry Ehrman again for coming on, sharing some time with us the, the night before his classes start. What a, what a guy. Thanks, Father. I really appreciate you coming, sharing about spiritual direction. I got to tell him in the break that one of the things I love about this show is I get to talk about topics that I'm interested in, and I get to like learn about topics that I'm interested in. I've, all, I've just had so many questions about spiritual direction, so I want to thank him again for coming on. Uh, and as promised, here in this final segment of the evening, um, our uh, our beloved, beloved or beloved? Both. Both. Our beloved and beloved uh, producer since the beginning of Forte Catholic, Jake Blazik, is here. And he, uh, if, you, if you missed the beginning of the show, I mentioned that uh, a running joke over the last year or so is that I continually revoked Jake's talking privileges on the show. Um, I did it to him. I did it to his girlfriend. Literally anyone connected to Jake, I revoked their talking privileges. So I decided to give him an entire segment. Jake, how excited are you? I'm very excited. Actually, Sam, you can go ahead and mute Taylor. I will be (laughs) taking over the segment from here. I, uh, we were we were testing out our new producer Sam earlier before the show. We were testing like how to make phone calls to our guests and that sort of thing. And so I walked out. Uh, Sam called my phone number to make sure that she knew what she was doing to get good levels for our for our phone guests and that sort of thing. And Jake introduced himself. Jake stayed in the studio to test the levels and that sort of thing. And he introduced himself. How did you introduce yourself? You remember? I said, hi, this is Jake Blazik, and uh, this is Taylor Schroll. I will be the new host. Uh, yeah, essentially, essentially what you said. And I, I, I've never been more scared in my entire life. <laughs> my nightmare is you hosting this show. <laughs> well, Taylor, that's because I have an amazing <laughs> radio voice. You sure do. And I'm you have to scared. do that the whole time you're talking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. You are here on. I feel like I'm like the morning show guy on some like stupid radio station that only plays four four hit songs. <laughs> All right. So, Jake, uh, it's interesting because the topic that you want to talk about, yep. I said, I said this segment is yours, man. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Then you suggested four things, and I said no, and then you finally said a good one on the fifth one. So, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, we're going to talk about your vocational journey, which is interesting. We just yeah. talked about. You had no idea we we're going to be talking I to sure Father didn't. Terry. Um, you never tell me who guests are. I, I never do because you don't matter. I'm just kidding. I love you, Jake. <laughs> and to show how much I love you, I actually have a special song that I've prepared um, j- just to, to honor you before we even get started. So, uh, Sam, uh, uh, play the song for us, would you? Goodbye, my lover. <laughs> Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye, my friend. Jake. You have been the one. You've been the one producer for me. You have been the one for me. You're not my lover. Goodbye, my lover. But but I love Goodbye, you. Goodbye, my friend. Even through all the bad you have jokes. Been the one. You've been the one for me. You have been the all one right. for me. <laughs> that's that's wow. my that's my tribute to I'm you. Just, <laughs> just wiping away. Uh, that Thank that you. that song. I, I cried a lot in high school <laughs> about girls around that song. 
All right, so your vocational journey. Uh, some people might know that you actually went to seminary. I did. So why don't you tell us your story of this is this is kind of where your vocational thing starts. I'm sure you thought about it before. You're just like, oh, I yeah, just yeah. showed up at a seminary. I'll, <laughs> just, I'll stay here now. Yeah. Which actually, knowing you, that might actually been how it how it happened. But you went to seminary. Tell us the the good, the bad, and the ugly, man. How, what was what was your uh, discernment like when you were there? So, well, to give a little backstory of why I entered. Um, just answer my question, sir. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> I I dated this girl for a long time, then she broke up with me, and I was like, I'm done with girls. I'm going to go to seminary. Um, that's actually not how it went. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so like, but I dated a girl for a long time, and after we broke up, I like, uh, and throughout the relationship, I kind of uh, got distracted from my faith. Um, and so I, but immediately after breaking up, uh, I almost immediately just dove straight back into my faith. And before we had broken up too, I just kind of had this little bit of a thought of um, the priesthood. And then immediately jumping back in, I felt that again. So I started talking to um, the vocation director after a retreat that I had. Um, and Father Ryan Higdon was on the retreat with us, actually. I know him. Me too. Uh, he was the associate pastor at St. Joseph and Brian at that point. Um, and I said, like, Father, I've been kind of thinking about this. Um, how do I go about, like, seriously discerning this? And he told me to, like, take that into adoration and kind of, like, look at myself, giving my life to uh, to God in both marriage and also in the priesthood. And so I kind of took it—I did exactly what he said. I, I was kneeling down in, in adoration at well, this It would be retreat. weird if you were like, he gave me this great advice, and then I just went I was, to Sonic. <laughs> I'm good. No, thank you. <laughs> no, but uh, so I, I started praying about uh, marriage first, and I was just kind of like sitting there and praying and or trying to pray, and I was just super distracted. I was just like, I couldn't even focus on what I was saying. I was just distracted. Oh, this person's crying over here, and then like this person's singing really loudly with lots of hand motions, you know. Just, Would you guys stop crying? I'm trying to pray. <laughs> Please? Thank you. Um, no, and then, uh, so I was just very distracted. And then thinking again about um, the priesthood, I or switching over to the priesthood, I, I started praying and just felt this immense peace and calm and just felt like that's where God was leading me towards and like saying, Lord, I'm giving you my life as a priest. And... Uh, so I just had a, a, an immense peace about that. And so I came back to him. And he's like, well, um, I can get you in touch with the vocation director who is Father Brian McMaster's here now at St. Mary's. So I know him. Yeah, I know both of those priests uh, via that. And then actually, just like we were talking about in the in the last segment, my whole senior year of high school also, I had um, Father Ryan as my spiritual director. I, I know him. My first spiritual director. So, um, And that's how I kind of got into thinking about and seriously discerning the the priesthood and going into seminary and so i went to uh saint joseph seminary college oh, finally dear god i asked you a question about seminary and you talked for like five minutes about not that question <laughs> so i went into saint joseph seminary college in covington louisiana um and just throughout my whole time there it was it was a generally peaceful experience you know like uh we started off every day with morning prayer together in a community. We would have mass every single day. Then we'd have classes throughout the day. It was a normal college. And then, well, not really normal because there was only 150 guys there and they were all there for the priesthood. But you Most know, colleges whatever. have girls. <laughs> Most of them do. Uh, there were a couple of girls in our, in our classes. Um, most of them were like elderly nuns, though. So uh, a little bit different experience. It helps with the celibacy. <laughs> it it kind of does, yeah. Uh, but anyway, and then so we would have classes, go to mass, and the and then we would go to uh, evening prayer, dinner, night prayer. So that was like our day, every single day for the two years that I was in seminary. Um, and then kind of, I started to feel like less peaceful about being there, and so I kind of started telling people I was like, maybe I'm not really called to to be a priest. Um, and so I started talking to a lot of different people about that, mostly my spiritual director also. And I I went to my brother, my older brother, and I was like, look, Zach, I'm like kind of thinking about leaving seminary and stuff. And he kind of gave me the same advice that 
Father Ryan gave me actually. I know him. And <laughs> and so he was like, just make a decision and then live out your life as though you've made that decision and then like switch over and make the other decision and see like compare and contrast how your heart feels about those. So did you just like start dating someone while you were in no, seminary? No, no, no. Okay, good. It was like a decision to stay at least another year or leave seminary. And so um, I, I, I kind of started with leaving seminary, like choosing that option. And I was just, I felt so free and just like peaceful about that. Just kind of like I had felt earlier in the beginning with uh, entering seminary and then trying the inverse and saying, okay, I'm staying at least for another year. There was just a lot of anxiety and I just was struggling in school and just in social relationships too, just like hanging out with friends, like it just didn't feel as peaceful. Um, and so very similarly to the way that I entered seminary, I left seminary. And discussing this with my spiritual director at the time, um, he said, he said, you know, Jake, after listening to your story and like your brother gave you some great advice that I probably would have also given you, um, he said, Jake, I know you've, you've made a good discernment. And at that point, that's when it really clicked that I was like, okay, I'm leaving seminary. And so... And then balloons fell from the ceiling. It was a spectacle when I left. Wow, they were sad. They all cheered. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, But it it is really interesting uh, hearing this because we were just talking about spiritual direction. Right. And it's it's so cool to see how that was going in and going out, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, And then right after you discerned out is when I met you. Yep. Uh, You you were you just come back home. And you were looking for something to do, and we were like, hey, we like people that are holy and, and young and that want to work in youth ministry. So you started in youth ministry. Uh, why don't you tell us a little about your time um, in youth ministry? Yeah, so like immediately leaving seminary, I wasn't really sure what to do. So I spent about three weeks sitting on my butt at home, not doing anything, and watching Netflix until one day I was like, I should probably like start talking to people, go to daily mass, something like that, you know. Keeping up a prayer life. I should rejoin the civilization Probably. Of the world. <laughs> um, and so I called up uh, Matt Rice, who was my uh, youth minister in middle school. And I was like, hey, Matt, like, I left seminary and I just want to talk to you. And so we had lunch. And by the end of that lunch, he was like, all right, so I'll see you in an hour for your interview at a blaze. <laughs> Yeah, then he calls me, and I'm like sitting at home watching Netflix. He's yep. like, hey, we're interviewing somebody now. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I went home and told my mom, and she was kind of like, I don't know if you really should do that, because it's a missionary role and all this stuff. And so, um, but I was pretty excited to to start. And uh, so after the interview, I met Taylor. I was like, I don't know if I can work with this goofball. <laughs> but eventually, you know, it, it, it Then you started out. working with me. And became the producer of a radio show. How did he get me here? That was not good discernment on your part. I know, I know. Um, and so I, I went into to ministry. I was the middle school youth minister at St. Joseph for about eight months or so. Um, and towards the end of that also, I just kind of felt like I really wasn't called to be in ministry. Um, like I definitely have a passion for, for youth ministry, but I'm, I don't think it's in the leading position. I don't think I it was called to be in that position right now. And so now I'm going to uh, go into school. I'm going to SFA University in Nacogdoches, Texas, Naca Nowhere. And Nowhere. Exactly. Um and so I'm going to be studying art education. Um, with the intent to be an art teacher somewhere. That's always... <laughs> I'm going to study art education and be a lawyer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks for elaborating on that, Jake. <laughs> My cryptid plans. Yes. So what's interesting about your story is that you tried seminary, yes. discerned out. Yep. Tried youth ministry, discerned out. Mm-hmm. And now you're trying this third thing, and you know what they say? Either the third time's the charm or you're about to strike out. I'm not sure which. I, I <laughs> hope third time's the charm. Let's hope this one sticks. I am I am tired of school. Man. 
that's that's not good. I'm going I'm, to school, but I'm tired of well, school. Well, <laughs> I mean, I need to finish school at least. Like, come on. And so I'm I'm going to to finish school so that I can work at a school. It makes sense. <laughs> You're... I'm tired of of being a participant in school. <laughs> I'll I'll be fine teaching. It's art. Like, come on. <laughs> well, another thing that's cool about this, right? Because I think a lot of times when people come back from seminary or they or they they quit a job in ministry, everybody's like, "Oh, what's wrong with them?" Right? Yeah. Uh, and and I, I I think you've shared before that like after seminary there were some people asking you like, "Oh, why'd you leave?" and all this kind of stuff. And, right. Um. But what I what I want to ask you next is, do you regret? Going to seminary, do you regret going into youth ministry? Absolutely not for the first one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, absolutely not. I regret not. meeting you, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. Um, seminary was was definitely a life-changing experience where uh, you're just so surrounded by holiness. Like, all of these different men, they're all so, like I just said, different, <laughs> like, um, but they're all there for the same purpose, and it's to follow their calling that Jesus Christ has given them. And like, I I wouldn't trade that time for anything. Um, and I do recommend like, if anyone has ever had any sort of inclination to discern the priesthood in the seminary or the sisterhood, like the religious life, either as a nun or religious brother. Like, take that opportunity to find out if that's really where Jesus is calling you, because it's, it's really, really important that we follow Jesus, because, you know, he's, he's kind of the ruler of everything. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a good dude to follow. Yep. Uh, and, and so it's so funny listening to, the, to your story, because I, I pr- prepared two songs for, for this interview. Um, we're going to play one of them at the end of this. Okay. Um, one was at the beginning. Uh, of this segment, but I really wish now that I've heard your heard your story, that I would have picked a third song as well. <laughs> God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. So, uh, and I know that's the song of your heart. Whenever you think of this show and you think of me and all the great times that we've had together, you just look at God and you say, "God bless the broken road that led me straight to Taylor and Forte Catholic." Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jake, we're gonna we're gonna miss you, man. Uh, and whenever whenever you uh. Whenever you come back for uh, fall break or spring break or Christmas break, uh, you can give Sam a break, and you can you can be the guest producer for a show um, uh, if I allow you. I'll see how I feel right, after right. God for a while. But I do have another present for you. Uh, why don't you go? Let's go ahead and play this this last song here for Jake. It's, it's never the right time to say goodbye. I gotta make the first move, Jake. So uh, you're fired. You're no longer. Thank you. I don't feel the way I once feel about you. I wasn't paid, but I'd like a severance. <laughs> uh, no, now's a good time. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs> we gotta go our separate ways, buddy. And Taylor, I want to remind you that. Now, Taylor, I want to remind you that you're the one that's going to come see me first. I absolutely am. I'm going to speak and lead worship <laughs> at SFA on September 11th. So if you're in the area, check it out. Well, let's. Um, if you're in your car, let's go ahead and give uh, Jake and Sam a standing ovation. Uh, Sam made it through her first show as the producer. And I, I've at least, I at least think that we were live for almost the whole show. We'll find out soon. And this has been another episode of Forte Catholic. Check out the podcast, ForteCatholic.com. We'll be back next week. Say it!